0: Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. Your host, Sal Antoninato here. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and he's been a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Um, I'm going to do. I'm to get a couple plugs out of the way here before we get started and uh, go over the uh, Army spring football game, Army spring football in general, and we're going to talk some men's and women's lacrosse and also some baseball, some Black Knight baseball. Um, First, check out our website. We have a lot of good stuff up on. We have um, a story on Dakota Wagner who had a big um, spring game with two touchdowns. I just wrote that. I also wrote a story on the offense um, that's up there. We have a story on Army men's lacrosse by Seth Mendelson getting the win at Navy and clinching a first-round bye in the Patriot League um, playoffs. We have that story up there. We have tons of photos by Lynn Fern up on the Army – spring football game on our website. We also have going to have a more photos up by uh, Margaret Kite. We really appreciate Lynn and Margaret being on the field for the army football spring game. They gave us tons of photos, tons of stuff that we can use for our website. Um, Check out our YouTube channel. Please give us a subscribe. Please give us a like on this video. So on our YouTube channel, Brendan, we have um, press conferences from Jeff Munkin, Jimmy Charlo, Josiah Banks, Miles Stewart. Uh, we have interviews with Dakota Wagner. We have an interview with Earl Salisbury, who had two touchdowns in the spring game. We have a lot of interviews up from the spring game. P- please check it out. We have a podcast earlier in the re- week with Michelle Tamulo, um, Army women's lacrosse coach. Army uh, women had a big win over Navy yesterday. We'll talk about that. Brendan was in the house for that one. But first, let's welcome Brendan in Jersey back to the podcast. I got the plugs out of the way, Brendan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, good to be on with you. Uh, what an incredible weekend for Army sports the past 48 hours. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable um, just how much has happened. But, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll get to, to all of it in turn.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little football first and, and get get to that first. You know, just the spring game. It's the end. You know, 15, the 15th practice, so to speak, is, is the black and gold game. And... You know, going into the black and gold game, there's a lot of, you know, interest and in, I don't know, hype, but there's certainly a lot of interest of what this new army shotgun offense is gonna look like, right? And people are, are pretty much there's some army fans like yourself that attended the uh the spring football game, uh football game on Friday night, want to get a look at um, you know, what Drew Thatcher's um vision is of this uh this offense for the for the fall. And you know, just kind of seeing videos and, and seeing some stuff, um you know, I came came out pretty impressed with it, to be honest with you. I know um, the first half was kind of a little bit, you know, um, slow going, uh, some turnovers here and there. But the second half was some exciting football for a spring game, in my opinion. I don't know. Um, what what was your first impression of the um, of Drew Thatcher offense?
1: So, you know, I mean, spring games you always have to take with uh, more than a few grains of salt in terms of, what actually matters. Um, so as you said, you know, the, the, uh, the first half was, um, you know, it, 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 it was definitely a spring game. There was a lot of guys out there who uh, aren't necessarily starters yet. Maybe some will be down the road, but, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys who probably will be starting in the fall weren't on the field probably, you know, weren't even addressed. Um, I mean, there's there's some guys who were big uh, contributors um, last season who, uh, from what I've heard, either because of injury or, or, or other reasons, still haven't even really practiced um, this season. But uh, in terms of the spring game, all, all I really wanted to see was offense that resembled the Nebraska Kearney highlights and some of the Drew Thatcher uh, coaching clinics that I looked up on YouTube. Uh, the, over the winter, once it was announced that he was hired, and and in the second half, um, I, I I left. You know, s- full disclosure, I left after the third quarter so I could get to the grocery store before closing time. Um, but uh, in the in, I mean, in the third quarter, I finally did see, you know, things that I recognized with with the jet action and getting to the outside and um, and hitting guys down the seam. Uh, you know, run it from plays that, you know, from what I understand, kind of the, you know, the, the high, the high point of of this offense is uh, making every run and pass play essentially look the same until it's too late for the defense. And so I I saw enough of that to feel a lot more confident than I, than I did just in theory um, that uh, Thatcher's offense could be, could be implemented at West Point. And, um, it was kind of an up and down game for, uh, f- for who we presume will be army starter in the fall. Um, Bryson Daly, uh, you know, arm, uh, go army sports just put out a, a five minute uh, profile video on him this week. So I think that speaks volumes as to, he, he will be the guy come the fall. Um, you know, I mean, he had a red Jersey and anytime someone got near him, they called him down, but we already know from last season that, uh, he can, you know, he can get outside and and run down the field with the best of them. So, uh, not too concerned there, you know, I mean, yeah, it's never fun when you're, you know, having exchange issues and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, like, like I said at the top, who knows, you know, who knows how many of these guys are actually going to be starting with him come the fall. So, you know, in the end, I saw enough to feel good about, Uh, The direction of the program. It's still super weird to see them running from shotgun, uh, regardless of whether it's, you know, first and 10 or fourth and short. Um, But I guess that's something we're all going to have to get used to.
0: Yeah, no doubt. A couple notes. Your um, health wise, right? I counted 35 guys that they had listed that um, probably probably didn't suit up for this game. And you have guys from, you know, Jacoby Buchanan, you have Markel Johnson, you have, of course, Tyrell Robinson, who's still, you know, coming back from an ACL injury. You had, I think Spencer Jones was one of those guys. Calvin Crumby was one of those guys, linebackers, inside linebackers who have seen playing time for Army. So, I mean, there there were a bunch of guys. um, So they only had. Four of their 13 running backs healthy for this game, like suited up playing, you know, in the game. And Dakota Wagner was one of those four. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, And also with Alex Meredith, Coach Munkin said he actually strained his shoulder a little bit. Um, Within the last week or so, and he he didn't pass too much. He is pretty much a second string guy, or you know, for Army this spring. Uh, Coach Munkin, you know, I put a post up today about Alex Meredith and Coach Munkin's um, comments on, hey, I think he could be. In the depth chart for us, I think he could be a player for us. And I that got a lot of response on Twitter. A lot of uh, fans from uh, his days at Hannah High School in South Carolina. Alex Meredith was a really talented quarterback coming out of high school. He went to the prep school. He was the top quarterback at the prep school. Um, when he came to West Point, he wanted to focus on academics and his military uh, responsibilities. He didn't go out for football the first two years. Last fall, he goes out for the football team and the triple option offense. It takes some time. You can't just dust the rust off yourself in two years and uh, run a triple option offense. You know, you need some time. They, they moved him to the wide receiver at the end of the season. I remember him wearing like a number 80 jersey or something like that, maybe for Army-Navy game or practices or something like that. And then... This is the best thing that happens for Alex Meredith is them changing this offense because this is something similar to what he ran in high school. This is something that he he really reads well. And he might not have thrown a lot uh during the spring game on Friday, but he showed a pretty good burst when he ran the football. And granted, again, once they were touched, they were down. There was no tackling the quarterbacks to the ground because they only had three of them you know so if one got hurt i don't know who was i don't know maybe they go wildcat for a little bit i don't know what they would have done um but it, i just just cut a few inside just a few inside things on it you know what i, I will say brendan about this offense and i think we we heard about this when drew thatcher got the job they spread the ball out a lot there were a lot of different now i know it's a spring game and i know you're trying to get a lot of different people looks you know um but man a bunch of different guys caught passes a bunch of different guys made plays some like he like we said some guys that you know that are getting their chances this spring this is what a spring football maybe a spring game is for the freshmen the younger players and you had the Dakota Wagners and the Taylor Salisburys there's a lot of good stories out you had the Liam Fortners I think he caught three straight passes on a drive in in, in the second half and he looked pretty good um you know, you look at their wide receiver core, right? And, and what name do we know in at the wide receiver core? We know Isaiah Alston, right? I think he, him, and me, him, and maybe Vichay Daniel might have a couple receptions in their careers, but that's it. You know, at the wide receiver core, and I think personally, um, I think moving Noah Short to the slot receiver looks like a pretty good move so far. I mean, he yeah. caught a touchdown pass during the scrimmage. He was catching a lot of like screens and short passes and trying to make something out of them. Like, did he gain, did he break them off? No, but you know, four or five yards on first down on a screen pass, you know, you take it. And I think Noah short's going to play a role um in his offense and uh John Marshall too. Right. We know about I's Marshall's big play ability, He's going to be a slot receiver type too. And he was limited in, in the uh, scrimmage. He got, I think he caught one pass, didn't really play many downs. But it's nice to see an offense that, you know what, throws a screen pass every once in a while, Brendan. You know, I mean, there are screen passes in the playbook now. Imagine that. There are the, uh, maybe like a bump. I don't know if you call them bubble screens or types, but there are those type of plays in the offense. And I think one might have went for like no gain or a loss, but. I think it's something. I think it's something positive. I don't know what you think.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm all for uh, uh, you know. I'm all for having a robust playbook. Um, to kind of to 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 double click on your point about um Alex Meredith and and quarterback depth. Certainly, the change in offense uh, benefits him, and I mean, we can certainly use all the depth that we can at this point, given that the quarterback room has pretty much changed overnight. Uh, you know, I mean, we've gone from essentially having three or four, you know, starters guy. You know, I, I mean, well, really, I mean, it is four. I mean, if you, if you count um, if you count Jabari laws, it's really four guys who have started games and kind of could have taken the reins at any point um, the past two or three seasons. So to go from that, and, and now all those guys are gone. Um, you know, I mean, even though, you know, even though, uh, uh, you know, Meredith is a senior, I believe, and um, doesn't look like he's going to be the, the kind of the name starter, um, would not shock me to see him uh, provide a, a valuable role um, this season, whether it's coming in because of injury or just um, needing to give somebody a spot um, in an important spot.
0: Yeah, Munkin mentioned, uh, Jeff Munkin mentioned in his post-spring uh, press conference about Zach Mundell, too. He's a freshman, and at the end of the last season, Zach was getting a, a chance to play some slot back. He got into the game against UMass, and he's been nursing a hamstring injury through the um, uh, spring practice, but he's the guy who Munkin said, you know, will be in the quarterback mix or they'll find maybe a place for him to play. Maybe it's a slot receiver, too. Who knows uh, what happens, you know. They can, they can use him so you know you have three or three or four that are quarterbacks what they did in the um what they did in the spring they also had um Alon middle two who's a sophomore and then they had to start it out as quarterbacks in the spring i believe and then they were moved to more of a receiver role in this in, and during spring practice so um i don't know You know, there are guys there that can play quarterback. You're going to need guys that can be scout quarterbacks, right? And I think that, you know, I kind of was trying to make a point of this um, from this spring game just is that, you know, now when you're running this offense, right, you're running this um, shotgun offense, I think it also helps the defense to play against that offense in practice more than it does them to go, you know, ones and ones against the triple option versus Army's base defense. Now you're going shotgun, you know, um, just a a multiple offense, so to speak, you know, spread type RPO stuff every once in a while Um, uh, in practice. You know, you're getting some live live reps on that too. I think that'll help a defense that, yeah, they have a lot of guys back. Yeah, they have a lot of talent back. Yeah, we saw like Austin Hill making plays early in that game with a fumble recovery and he had a sack and – you know, you have the Leo Lowens and the Jimmy Charles back too. Guys have played a lot of games for Army, um, but always—I ha- think those reps always help. I, I don't know. How, what's your take on that? Uh, I,
1: I think that's a great point. Um, I mean, if obviously, you know, practice 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 is important. Practicing in a certain way is important, but uh, if you're um, if you're if you're one versus one in scrimmage, actually kind of provides more, more of a scout team look for the defense. I I think that's great, especially, I mean, just look at two of the teams they play the season, you know, Frank Harris at UTSA and uh, I I believe Grayson McCall still at Coastal. I think he ended up going back there. You know, uh, those are, those are two defenses that they kind of struggled with uh, last year. So if that helps you get, you know, whatever more percentage of an edge against those teams. Uh, I, I think that's, a, I think it's a great point. I think it's a huge help.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and you look at, I want to make another point real quick. This is not on the spring game. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up the spring game in a second, but you look at like, you're talking that you talked, you mentioned this earlier that there's been some guys that haven't even like taken any reps this spring because of injuries and guys who, yeah, they have game experience. Right. And, but they don't have, game experience in this offense and you know so mental reps are gonna be important for guys who didn't get snaps because army was gonna you know jeff munkin kind of extended this um for me it seemed like spring lasted a little longer than usual he basically made it a five week camp with three practices each week well two practices and a scrimmage sometimes in some of the weeks. So he basically made it a five-week camp so they can get a lot of film time, so they can got, you know, get a lot of video on practices and have them break down live film on what they're actually doing with this new offense. And, you know, like like we said at first, it didn't look, you know, it was a little bit eh, at the beginning on Friday, but it picked up in the second half, no doubt, like we said. And, you know, it, it makes – I don't know. It, to me, it gives a lot of – I'm trying to – it's the wrong word but you know there's there's still going to be a bu- buzz when it comes to the first game uh against Louisiana Monroe on September 2nd about you know somebody texted me um do you think this offense can work you know after after the spring game and I'm like I do we we won't know until that first game right but there, the word I was looking for is encouragement there was encouraging signs on on Saturday that hey they're they're making some they're taking some steps and you know yeah, they're going to get into the weight room on Monday, but I'm sure the, the offensive players are going to be, you know, kind of bouncing, I, you know, uh, ideas and stuff off each other before they start up again in uh, probably late July for uh, you know uh, preseason practice, and that's not too, eh, it's it's a it's a little ways away, but I think that it, it, there were some a lot of encouraging signs there. Um, I want to, uh, I don't know how. What, what, what do you think? Um, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I'll I'll just say, and I I think I think everybody knows by now. I don't take any opponent for granted, but I do feel better that they are starting <laughs> with the two teams to start this season as opposed to last year when they started with uh, uh, Coastal and UTSA. That was just uh, a a bear right out of the gate. Um, to to me, kind of like the biggest, uh the biggest unresolved question I have, and you know, these are, these are two guys who have, as we've been talking about, haven't, um, haven't seen the field yet, apparently like, where's Tyson Riley going to fit in? Where's, you know, like, uh, he's like, I, 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 you know, to me, I look at him and I I think he's a guy who has value in no matter what kind of offense you want to run. But, is he like a short yardage back now? Is are you going to move him to kind of like a tight end, h back kind of role? So uh, that's kind of my biggest question. Is like what what happens to the fullbacks from last year who are still on the roster who uh, I think still can contribute? Um, but
0: uh, yeah, yeah, they moved um, a couple guys that played fullback last year, AJ Williams, who had like a, a had a couple carries in the game. End. Bo Kite had moved the tight end late season, and he's st- you know he stayed with the tight end, so more of like that H back type guy, right? And um, you know Tyson Riley, he I think the guy is athletic enough to maybe be a single back out of that, you know, out of, out of that offense. Um, j- maybe Jacoby Buchanan becomes the short yardage specialist, so to speak, and you yeah you can line them up on you know in that shotgun and hand them. Uh, do, maybe they do. It are 100 percent of the plays going to be run out of shotgun this year, Brendan? That's what we're we're kind of told. But you know, a fourth in like inches, you're going to run out. You're going to run out of a shotgun. Who knows? They probably have, they're definitely going to have plays and that they're practicing to go under center every once in a while. I imagine. So, um, yeah, right now at running back, it's Miles Stewart, pretty much number one. Um, he's had a really good spring, and Miles was in the slot back rotation last year. Um, that dude has speed. That dude has speed. If he can get into the open field, he's got some wheels. He showed it on a 36 yard run in the spring game. Um, and Hayden Reed had see, Hayden Reed was a fullback last year, right? But Hayden yeah. Reed in the spring, he was running that with the with the first team offense, with the first the top offenses. And and Munkin said right now it would probably be Stewart or Hayden. Hayden Reed got a little banged up. Um, I think in the last scrimmage before the spring game. And so he did play in the spring game. We didn't mention Hayden. He's gonna be a big guy in this offense. And um they love what he did in the spring with this new offense. So there's a fullback, uh, uh last year's fullback that's gonna um, you know, be that single back. So
1: yeah, I mean we saw we saw a few of those guys, especially towards the end of the season uh last year, uh like like guys who were fullbacks in last year's offense who kind of seemed like optimal uh dive backs in the in the uh the new offense uh, as well as uh, Markel Johnson. I mean, Markel Johnson is kind of yeah. like the, the like prototypical uh, guy you'd want to see. Yeah.
0: You know, that's that running back room. You got to hear army fans got to remember. There are no more B backs or fullbacks in this offense. Right. I, I've seen like, no, they're, they're, they're gone. They're not, they're no more fullbacks or you're not they're They're out of the offense. So these guys are get, are either going to be in that running backs room or they're going to be in that tight ends room or, Uh, you'll find a spot on the field for guys like uh, Tyson Riley and uh, Jacoby Buchanan. I wanted to touch on one more thing um, for the offense. I mean, we talked about them spreading the ball out in the spring game a little bit. One person that caught, I I mean, I I think he caught like four or five passes at least. I could be wrong. Is Tyler Brennan. Tyler Brennan is a... I believe he's a rising senior on the team. He's uh, he was recruited to as a slot back type guy. Um, I think he's been a little banged up in his career, but this offense seems to fit him pretty well. And he might be another guy that another guy to watch to get into the receivers mix. You're going to have like the Noah shorts. You're going to have Isaiah Austin, of course, that people are going to know, but I think that Tyler Brennan could be um, a good, I don't want to say if there's, to me i'm go- i was going to call him a possession type receiver guy in this offense but you know if they throw the ball 15 to 20 times a game i still think that that might be a lot that could be a lot in this offense we'll see how it um happens but i think that Tyler is definitely another guy to watch um on offense um yeah so, I, so um
1: i forget i forget where i saw it i think it was in the piece from um I think it was in the piece that the Athletic ran uh, this past week. There was a quote from Monken where he said, "We're still going to run it fifty times a game." My my prediction is we'll see less kind of like up and down with the passing numbers. Like last year, there were games where they threw it like twenty five times, and then there were games where they threw it you know zero to five times. I think it'll little be. I think this year it'll be a little more. Uh, That you won't have so many peaks and valleys. I think it'll be more of a consistent like 10 to 15 times a game. Um, But I, you know what, I I, I feel bad for a guy like uh, Cole Catterbone. I think he would have done really well um, in this offense and it just came a year too late for him. Yeah,
0: and with the Cole turn himself into one of the better blocking wide receivers that we've seen in the Army in a long time. So I mean, he was definitely a team player without a doubt. Um, just want to touch a little bit up on the defense. I mentioned Austin Hill earlier in the in the podcast. um Josiah Banks had a pick in in the uh, in the first half, and also uh, Donovan Platt, cornerback Donovan Platt, had a pick in the um, first first half um leo Lone did not play too much in this game i mean played the guys that have been taking the reps um on the defensive line i think a guy to watch is kyle lewis i, I believe he's going to be a junior next year he's a guy that munkin seems he can play defensive end or nose tackle uh for them and he's had a really good camp um saw him in the backfield a little bit during that game and you know he just had so many different guys in and out of uh, the inside linebacker spot. I thought Brett Jarina played pretty well in the scrimmage and uh, also uh, Caleb Fortner also on the inside had a nice play where he um, definitely saw a uh, outside run coming and uh, dropped it for a loss. It was a good, a good replay by him um, special teams there. I Kickers did uh I think they tried two field goals. I think they made them both. I think Charlie Barnett made one. I think uh, Trey Granati made another. Um I think Cole Talley was kicking extra points and kickoffs. And I'm uh, trying to remember if Quinn Moretzky uh I think did he did he yeah, get Quinn, any Quinn in? got in there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think okay. I think he I think he at least had an extra point
0: and yeah, uh, get, get, pro- get probably get the at rep, least a kickoff him. as well. Yeah, um as far as the punts, they had a punt block in uh the game and that <laughs> probably that didn't make Jeff Munkin too happy, you know. So No. Yeah, I think it was uh Taylor Salisbury with the block and the recovery in the end zone um on uh Billy Bulky. Um from what I'm from i told, Cooper Allen has really had a good spring. And Cooper Allen, who's gonna be a sophomore, um is you know, might be at the top of the depth chart at punter. So for all the army fans that want the first team, you know, depth charts and stuff like that. That's, that's where we go there. Um, I think that's about it for football. Did you have anything else to add?
1: No, I, I mean, you just, I mean, you mentioned punting towards the end there, you know, we were, we were spoiled for a little while with, uh with the two Zacks and uh it hasn't been quite as uh, consistent since then. So I would, I don't know. I would love to see, um, I'd love to see a little more consistency cuz uh oh man uh I think the uh, I think the Troy game last year especially there was there was just some like there was some real uh uh some real short yardage punch that um you know could have could have swung the game uh, cuz of the field position so um you know extra points you always you know you always hope you can find consistency there but uh in terms of field goals that to me like i never count on those that's a bonus you know like if you if you have a weapon there great if not you know it's a jeff munkin team
0: like (laughs) you know yeah i think the one thing i how did i how did i not mention this and you know um I might be ha- taking my podcast hosting duties away from myself for a while here. Um, the one-handed catch by Dakota Wagner um, in, in late in the fourth quarter. We have videos. We have a, a photo of it, a great photo by Lynn Fern of it. I mean, making the most – to say that Dakota Wagner made the most out of his opportunities um, in the spring game is an understatement. He got his first offensive s- snaps in the second half. He caught a touchdown pass from uh, Bryson Daly. And then he uh, made that incredible one-handed catch from Dwayne du- Coleman. They talk a lot about Dwayne Coleman either. So Dwayne Coleman had a couple touchdown passes in the scrimmage. Um, you know, like um, like we said a little bit at the start, it was for the quarterbacks. It was kind of a little up and down, but the second half was definitely better. And Dwayne showed some good poise and made some good plays there for a freshman quarterback. Um Daly had a nice touchdown pass to um, Taylor Salisbury, where it was an RPO type play where he, uh, you know, is running the football or giving the football. He decides to throw it downfield to uh, Salisbury, a nice uh, uh catch and throw there so i mean we did see um just wanted to get those in i didn't want to leave out definitely didn't want to leave out that dakota wagner catch cuz that's something you know we saw the isaiah austin catch against um new right and i'm like uh, that was in a that's in the game situation uh, dakota wagner um that was right up there too um you know people i was talking to somebody the other day uh, not um just sports fan right and so many times i, I kind of was showing them the um co-worker I was showing him the catch you know the catch by uh, Dakota Wagner and other people would be like oh that's an OB, OBJ type you know OB he invented the one-handed catch you know Ob Odell Beckham invented the one-handed catch and my co-worker said I thought Jason Avant had a catch like that you know way before OBJ so you know I mean uh, Jason Avant former Eagle so um yeah I mean it's just pretty it was a ma- amazing catching it was a kind of the game winner. Um, it tied the game up in the extra point, put the black team ahead, but really, um, any, and Dakota Wagner had two 10 yard plus runs on that drive too. So, um, uh, we don't have any callers tonight, but honestly, that's a good point. If you guys have any questions for us or comments, please send it, send them our way. I'm not sure if I'll be able to post them, but I'll definitely read them. Um, if you guys have anything on army, we have a huge army fan here, Harrison. That's here. We appreciate Harrison checking in with us. If you have any questions or comments, Harrison, we'll get we'll we'll uh, put them on. Um, we're gonna move a little bit toward uh, you know men's and women's lacrosse right now, but we'll, we'll just we'll get back to army.
1: Yeah, well, one ahead. one more thing I want to add because um, because we were, we're uh, you, you were you uh, you mentioned Coleman. You and I would be surprised if he's like top three on the depth chart this year, but. Um, I mean, he had the nice, he had the nice throw to, uh, to Alston in the first quarter. And then in the third quarter, the pass he threw the touchdown pass, he had that like that to me, that was one of those moments that look like a Nebraska Kearney highlight from the past three years. And I think that speaks to the level of success that they're having, uh in implementing the offense to this point to to where a guy who's you know maybe like fourth or fifth on the depth chart can do um what they're envisioning the offense to do
0: you Got a lot of reps this spring um you know basically when you know it's basically bryson daly him and and alex meredith getting a lot of the reps um man my podcast brain it's at, it's been a rough, rough weekend his throw to Isaiah Austin his touchdown pass to Isaiah Austin early in the game it's perfect in stride perfect down the field for a touchdown coverage I, I believe that Austin had Cam Jones in coverage so he had a pretty experienced corner you know playing him on that play that was beautiful that was a beautiful touchdown pass by by Dwayne Coleman um he's a freshman from San Antonio and you know Definitely we'll, we'll see what the preseason happens in early in the preseason. And it's a guy that, you know, to follow, no doubt. Harrison said he was at the game uh, on Friday night and it was so much fun. And about, you know, what was your take on how many fans were there, Brendan? I had 2,000 in my head, but I think I'm a little high on that. Uh, I don't know. If it felt like it was a little more than last year because
1: I was there last year too. Okay. Um, and they, and, and it seemed, it, it seemed just kind of, it seemed like they were promoting it a little more than usual, uh, mm-hmm. on social media. I think they wanted to, to make it more of a thing. I don't know if that's sort of like a, like a general marketing direction or, um, you know, maybe like an emphasis, uh, post COVID or a little of both. I don't know, but, um, it was, I mean, yeah, lot of you know a lot of parents in the crowd you know you get you know somebody's name would get called by the stadium announcer then you'd hear a cheer from a particular section it's like all right that's somebody's mom and dad
0: and and you know what that spring game turns into a a bit it's big for recruiting too i mean there were over 70 recruits at that game on friday night from what i was told and you know um there was a picture um By Larry Pickett Jr., um, a defensive back 2023 commit of the 2023 kind of class. And there was at least, it seemed like there were at least 30 of the 2023 commits at the game, at least. Um, Got to, you know, Larry was there watching the game. um, And there's guys that are there that, you know, are kind of um, Ryan Cole Somers, which is right pretty close and nearby. I think Somers is uh, Westchester. Um, he's he was at the he was at the game too um just i mean all over the place there's there's uh recruits from all over the country that came to um to see the to see maybe west point for their first time and when you're seeing that offense right and what they were able to do and if you're an offensive recruit and seeing that offense and what they were able to do the second half i think you kind of keep your interest in army right now you know i think you kind of keep your interest in army right now no matter what the offers you have and and see and See, I think that's a lot too with going to this offense. It kind of opens up their recruiting a little bit. They're not pigeonholed for a certain quarterback, a certain height, weight, quarterback, certain speed, quarter. Yeah, you want a pretty fast guy if you're gonna, you know, run um the RPOs and the quarterback's gonna keep and that kind of stuff. But um, you know, I think it changes the game a little bit. The certainly the offensive linemen change in this offense. Um Coach Munkin was talking about Matt Adoji, who is listed at 325 pounds and playing guard for army. And he's a guy who was maybe a little bit banged up and didn't um, have any uh, game reps his first two years, but it's had a pretty good spring. I believe he's going into his junior year. So, I mean, you know, are we going to see 300 pounds across the line for army on their offensive line? Probably not, but I mean, it's, it's the blocking's different. I, I wish I could write a piece on that and maybe, uh, one of these days I can get to talk to Mike VD and uh, Matt drink all about that, because I think that's a, an important piece of the offense. You know, you got to be able to block it. No doubt. They're going to be able have to have a good offensive line to make this work. And they have, We didn't talk about this, but they have the guys coming back. You know, they have the guys with a ton of experience in Booby Law, Connor Finucane, Jackson Filipowicz. That was – they're starting – those guys started most of the games last year. And then you have Simon Dillinger. You have Shane Buckingham, who kind of split time at right tackle. Um, Who's going to be the center on this team? Um, We'll find out. Um, There's a a couple names. Uh, Sam Barzak's in the mix there, from what I heard. Um, A guy who's played some – who's played – complete games for army last year when needed on the offensive line. So the experience is there and we'll, we'll see what happens on the offensive line. Um, I'm probably going to say this for the third or fourth time. I think we're going to go do uh, lacrosse. Big week, big, big weekend for lacrosse, right? It was army, Navy, um, lacrosse weekend for both the men's and the women's team. And, um, the the, uh, the men won 11-6 they were seemed like they were in control for most of the game they were I think they were up at nine to a half time I believe yeah and the women were you were at the women's game so maybe we'll start with that first like I said we had Michelle Tumulo out um, earlier in the week um, Tumulo I apologize um, earlier in the week uh, kind of previewing the game and that was kind of a a little bit of a back and forth there, right? Brendan, maybe you can give us a little bit of your take on that game.
1: Yeah. So uh, the, the first quarter is just, it was a lot of uh, like, it, it went by quick. Cause it was just a lot of kind of each team uh, filling each other out. Um, and then it really wasn't until the last few minutes of the first quarter that the, the scoring got going. And um, so army, army had a three, one lead after one. And then Navy just, Navy just took control in the second and I, I think it was what they were like five one in the second quarter. So navy was up six four at halftime. And I, I really wasn't sure what was gonna happen after that because you know I mean our army's still like a relatively young program and um you know they've like they've they've played a few like really quality teams you know but but I mean, Loyola beat them down pretty bad. And, um, they had kind of a heartbreaker with Yale. So I really, I, I was, I don't know, I get, I guess I was kind of surprised to see them take control the way they did in the third. And, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite over after three, they still had work to do in the fourth quarter, but, uh, man, that, that second half was a second half for the ages, uh, for the program. And, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've been to at least a handful of sporting events uh, this year, just kind of d- different things. And um, I mean, that that's like that's kind of tough to beat. I was I was so happy at the end, <laughs> and because uh, because you just because you just know what it means for them. And um, and so well, and so the and so the way the Patriot League, the rest of the Patriot League, has shaken out, uh. Unfortunately, because they lost to Loyola, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to get the number one seed in the tournament. Although, if Navy beats Loyola and Army beats Lafayette, Army will probably beat Lafayette. Navy probably won't beat Loyola, but if they do, um, Army could get you know a share of the uh, Patriot League regular season title. Which, hey, I mean, you know, yeah. it's all it's all it's all gravy at this point. Um, and, um, and, and because, um, because there's, there, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot more teams in women's lacrosse than men's lacrosse. And so the tournament, like the NCAA tournament yeah. field is a lot bigger. So Army's like pretty much in at this point, which is incredible. Like, you know, nine years ago they were a club team and now they're a team where it's like, Hey, you don't even have to really win your conference. But like, we'll still take you in the tournament. Like that's an incredible um, that's an incredible job of building the pro- the program, and um, yeah, super exciting to see where things go from here. Not just for this season, but going forward, you know, because two of their two of their top attackers are freshmen. So, yeah, uh, just yeah, just an unbelievable job this season, and uh, still work to be done. But uh, couldn't be happier
0: for them. Allison Riley had nine goals in that game, right? Nine of their fifteen. Yeah, she's it was a record breaker. Yeah. I thought somebody told me she only had six goals going into the game or something like something to that effect. I think Seth, Seth told me she only had six um, goals going into that game. So I think she had a 10 point game, Um, man, what a, what a game for them. Uh, Now here's the thing, right? That's a second straight. I I, I had some, I had my, my reporting uh, problems there earlier in the week. That's their second straight star victory over Navy. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. So, I, 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 in my reporting, I forgot that they played, how could I forget that they played Navy last year in the Patriot League tournament semifinals and Navy won. So now that's the next hurdle for Army because say they do, they're probably going to be the two seed. Navy's probably going to be most likely going to be the three seed. Yes. Navy will have to play a first round game and they're going to get, they're going to play Navy again at Mikey stadium, like likely, right? I mean, that's probably the way it's going to shake out. So can they, can they beat Navy again? You you were there on Saturday. It, it seemed like it was a really tough first, you know, uh, first half. You know, game was pretty close at times. That's the next step for them to get to that Patriot League championship game. So,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I um Kathleen Sullivan, um one of their better players. Um, they get a chance to look completely at the stats, but you know when one. Uh, when one player is scoring nine of the 15, you know, but I'm sure some attention was drawn, you know, Sullivan drew some attention that, you know, maybe gave, uh, Riley some opportunities to score. Probably Riley, Riley had some good effort goals there too. Uh, Brendan during that game or.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, like, um, for, for, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, women's lacrosse is considered a non-contact sport. So they're not out there hitting each other like the men are. And, and, um, there was actually a moment where a a Navy player hit an army player in the face and probably should have gotten an ejection, but they didn't. Um, So it's like, it's different rules. And so you have, um, you have what they call free possessions that are awarded on fouls. And um, a lot of times in a high scoring women's lacrosse game, a lot of those goals will come from free possessions. That wasn't really the case. I think there were maybe three combined in the whole game, like for each team, like most, like, almost every pretty much every goal um certainly um all the important goals in the game were scored um you know in in the in the course of regular play so that that was that was another thing that made the game real exciting
0: nice nice and so we'll shift to the um the men's game um we we said that army men jumped out to a pretty comfortable first half lead and they were able to you know defeat navy for the first time since 2019 and uh, that that's a big win for um for army um right uh, they won uh 11 to 6 uh Reese Burek had four goals for the Black Knights um pretty big win you 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 win at navy you know pretty and they were they had they were having a pretty solid season army they were, were they are having a great season right they've been ranked in the top 10 for the last month or so um they, that that Cornell game, the matchup against Cornell when it was number six Cornell versus number seven Army went down to the wire where uh, court, there was a little bit of a controversy there on an out of bounds where I guess Army felt that they should have been in possession, but Cornell was given possession and Cornell ended up scoring with I believe a little under two minutes left, like right around one one minute and change left, and that was the game winner in that game, and so Army uh, rebounds and beats Navy pretty in. Pretty emphatically, um, there I, I, in Annapolis. Um, you know, wh- wh- what are your what were your thoughts there on them kind of getting that bounce back win? I, I mean, I I
1: kind of I couldn't I kind of couldn't believe the first half that they had. I mean, as we said, they were they were up nine two at halftime, and just given the way that most of Army like given the flow of most of Army's games this season, like yeah. I, you know. Up seven at halftime, that's pretty much like going to be a win for them, like nine out of 10 times um, with the way kind of their offense finds its rhythm and the way uh, they just play defense as a team. So, uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, I mean, and, and, and it, broke, it broke a losing streak for them in that rivalry, which is huge. And I think, um, you know, like we don't like we don't have solid evidence to back this up, but in in recent years, it kind of seems like the committee. <laughs> if the committee seems that army hasn't beaten navy, they're not going to take him in the tournament. Like that, like yeah. that game means a lot, and um, yeah. I you know, I I I think this season, unfortunately, um, I, I think the Patriot League will only be like a one bid conference. So I, I think unfortunately the army men still have a lot of work to do um they play uh, they play boston next weekend i think that's i think that game's at mikey and that's effectively uh you know the patriot league regular season championship game whoever wins yeah. that will will host the tournament um so that i mean that that looms large but Really, you know, really at this point, Army just needs needs to win the Patriot League tournament. Unfortunately, you know, I I wish that I wish that things were different, that, you know, we could feel good that the committee would take them no matter what. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Nevertheless, all that said, assuming they do win the Patriot League tournament, you know, seating matters. Um, in the NCAA's, and I think the fact that they went on the road and absolutely dominated their biggest rival, who was also a quality opponent, I think that speaks volumes, and um, I-, I think that sends a powerful message to, you know, <laughs> kind of the, the, you know, the uh, the uh, lacrosse illuminati, if you will.
0: Yeah, who who if they can get to the NCAA tournament, right? Who knows? I mean, who knows who what might be waiting. I'm trying to I'm like Seth is our uh men's lacrosse, you know, expert amongst me and him. Um, I don't know how Rutgers has done since Army. I mean they're still I'm guessing they're pretty still solid and maybe have a chance to make the tournament or no. Yeah, last last I checked,
1: um uh last I checked, I thought they were still doing pretty well.
0: Um, yeah because uh, my thoughts there is that maybe there could be a rematch there who knows and in, in, in the NCAA tour I know I'm way ahead of it um but yeah talk, talk R- of, Red Cruz, Rutgers Rutgers is still like of. a top
1: 10 team I think
0: yeah yeah they're, they're so solid that's a, qual- I mean, that's a quality win a, for Army yeah and they played a, I mean they played Rutgers they played Cornell two top kind of 10 teams right there you know I mean Um, Loyola, they played and they beat Loyola. They're undefeated in the, in the, in the, in in the Patriot league. So like you said, they close Mm -hmm. out against Boston university. They get that win. They get home. They get the number one seed. They get, um, again, something I should know the Patriot league championships is, is it played at the higher seed or is it played at, are the men and women played at one site? Um, I thought it could be played at the higher seed, but I could be wrong.
1: Um, so like so the opening rounds are played at the the site of the higher seeds, like those three, six, four, five matchups. And yeah. then the semifinals and finals are played at whoever the number one seed is. So Okay. Uh, okay. So so on the women's side, Loyola will definitely host uh the tournament. And then we'll see on yeah. the men's side between Boston or Army.
0: Hmm. Wow. Army, army, if army can host that, I mean, they have a really good, very good chance. A couple things want to talk about um, Evan Plunkett, the army. I mean, at the beginning of the season, coach Aberici said he might be the best freshman that he's ever had. And that's, he's certainly living up to that, up to it. He's a great two-way guy. He's uh, he gets, he scores goals when the team needs it. He's, you know, he, he has the ability to get other players involved. He draws a lot of attention. Um, I think he's a guy, I don't know, I'm sure there's like a, a freshman of the year award in uh, men's lacrosse, Division One men's lacrosse, or something to that effect. He should be a candidate, in my opinion. Um, their defense has been really solid all year long. The fact that Knox Dent, Came back to play goal. I think he got hurt in the Loyola game. And there was some concern whether how severe it would be that 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 injury would be. He's come back. He's played really good in net, the senior. Um AJ Pilot has captained that defense very well. Um, they're 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 playing pretty strong. Paul Johnson, Reese Burek, um, Marin, those guys are scoring goals. They're spreading it out. Um Gavin, Gavin fellows is another freshman that stepped up and and played pretty well and scored some big goals. Um, lots of like with the men's lacrosse, like the, lots of like with both of the lacrosse teams. Uh, they're having really solid years and uh, man, next weekend, last weekend of the regular season. And then <sighs> we'll see what happens in the Patriot league tournament for both of those. Teams. It's, it's,
1: it, it, it's two remarkable stories. Cause uh, you know, I, again, the, the, you know I'm just I'm gonna keep harping on this the women's program is less than 10 years old and they're and like they're at the point that they're at um and then for the men kind of um, more localized like they were not ranked heading into the season I mean the consensus was that this would be a rebuilding year and somehow they just reloaded um, despite graduating Brendan Nickturn and and a bunch of other like really talented, seniors and and somehow <laughs> somehow like uh, somehow are they even better this season i think they might be um it's it's just it's it's incredible um
0: it says a, it says a lot about the coaching staff right and just the um yeah just just the, the 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 mindset of the coaching staff and the play the returning players too and i wanted to talk about one real quick uh quinn binney uh quinn biddy binney is a uh, senior and quinn, Quinn Binnie is a guy who I first probably saw Quinn Binnie at an Army prospect football camp uh, in, in July, probably to his junior high school year, and he he was uh, being recruited to play play football for Army. But he was a really good lacrosse player too. Came to West Point for lacrosse. His dad Jeff uh, played football for Army um, at, at West Point, so I, I knew of him. And I was just waiting for Quinn Binney. You know, I would always look at kind of the the box scores and see uh, how much playing time he was getting to that point and, you know, when it was going to be his turn to make an impact on this um, lacrosse team. And this year was going to be the year he was going to be the starting defensive midfielder, I believe. And in January, he suffered his fourth ACL injury. And that knocked him out of his senior year. And the moment the army did a nice video. If you go to their men's lacrosse Twitter page or go to their socials, they did a nice video on Quinn Binney and what he's meant to the team. He led the team onto the field against Navy on uh, Saturday and uh coach Abarisi saying that his leadership has been really good this year. And Brendan, what we're talking about, right? When you have a, um, a very talented senior class that graduates and you, some people think you might be re uh, have to rebuild your program, a program that's been pretty much at the near the top of the Patriot League for a long time, right? And people are thinking you're going to take a step down. You need those ex, you need those um, experienced players or player, you know, those upperclassmen, so to speak, to step up. And he may not be able to play on the field right now, but to hear, you see, and Knox stent I think he. Important as uh, almost any player on that team. And I think it was at the end of the game where Coach Aberice had the team in the locker room. And um, I guess maybe it was a Go Army or whatever. And at the end, Aberice mentioned QB for Quinn Binney. And I mean, that is, um, it, it's just a great story to me. Um, again, I, I followed him through football a little bit, you know, in high school and was thinking he'd probably go probably play lacrosse over football at West Point. But just to have that impact where, you know, you can't – it's got to be devastating when you can't play your senior year once you waited that – wait your turn to get on the field for a, a pretty major role. The fact that he can still find a way to be a positive influence on the team. It's just great. I just want – I posted a tweet on that earlier today, and I just want to uh, just mention that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's our. Um, I mean, we kind of got to the spring football. We covered that pretty good. Uh, we got to the men's lacrosse. Um, we we got to talk some baseball here uh, because Army um, had the three game sweep of Navy this week this week in Annapolis. Um, man, they're rolling um, fourteen in a row. I think it is. Am I right, Brendan? I, I think it's. I, one, I think 14. it's. I think it's up to fifteen now. Actually, okay, fifteen in a row for the Black Knights. And um, man, they they're just. Fire and all c- Cylinders. Um twenty-four to six. They outscore Navy in the three game series. They wrap it up with a ten nothing win. I believe the first game today was a three-two game that was kind of tight. Um yeah. but we kinda I kind you kind of knew that this is a the fir- first year for Chris Trace um taking over uh the program from Jim Foster. And uh man, they haven't skipped a beat. I mean, the non conference normally army plays a pretty you know, decent non conference schedule before the Patriot, and they're going to take some, you know, they're going to take some, uh, not they usually, um, you know, they have their moments where they're, they're battling for wins and losses there in the non conference, but man, in the Patriot League, they've been outstanding and to get this winning streak right now. And I was, I kept on following Kevin De their, um, shortstop. He had a 18 game hitting streak, I believe, entering the, the three game series with, um, Davy, uh he got it up to 19. I believe in game 1 he didn't have a hit today, but I mean I think in game 2 he had had a had a nice game. He's been having 4 for 4, 5 for 5 games, 5 RBI games and you know batting 4.13. I think he leads the team in RBIs as a as a shortstop and you know, they have some very veteran t- they have Sam Rudick back, they have Ross Feigert back at first base. Um I, don't know, I think I think you beat your rival, you sweep your rival right and I I think they they might have two league losses in the next team. There's only a 6 yeah. team Patriot League, right? Yeah. And the the next team loss rises nine. And I think there might be is there nine games remain eight. There's so, I think eight or nine.
1: So because so because they swept Navy this weekend, they're the they're the first team in the Patriot League to clinch a Patriot League tournament spot. Um, mm-hmm. Four four of the six teams go for that, and they have they have all but wrapped up the Patriot League regular season title, because the only team in theory that can catch them is Lafayette, and Lafayette would have to win out in Patriot League play, and Army would have to lose out in Patriot League play, and by the way, Army. The- Army and Lafayette play five times, <laughs> play all five times before the end of the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Army will, will win another Patriot League regular season title. I think they'll win another Patriot League tournament title. They are uh, they are they are very much to Patriot League baseball what um, Colgate has been to Patriot League basketball the past three four years. Um, you know, they are just like clearly a cut above. Um, the rest and uh i i was i was looking i was just kind of like um meandering through the record book today the the program record for wins for total wins in a season is uh 41 i think 2009 that was set i don't think they're gonna get there but it's but right now it's on the table mathematically it's on the table so mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah, I think, I think Harrison asked before, do you think Columbia will beat army on Tuesday? Uh I think army will oh, win. By, yeah. I think army will win by uh, one run because they're at home, <laughs> but Columbia is a good team. That's a, that's a great, that's a great late season. um Non-conference matchup for them kind of heading into the balance of, uh, of Patriot league play. And um, you know, I, it, you know, one of, one of the things that's tough about clinching early is kind of like, what do you do with the rest of your time? Um, yeah. You know, you kind of you kind of hope at the very least they can just keep their uh, keep their rotation in order and um, you know keep their uh, keep their bullpen relatively healthy. But uh, yeah, I used, mean, just like just, just tremendous.
0: They used to schedule like games like that are not. They try to add games late just to just to keep playing. So this back when they were they were been pretty solid. So um, sixteen and two in the Patriot League, you know, fifteen straight wins, and uh, wow, I mean, and I think, I, I, man, I got I I thought they lost one of their top pitchers from last year to the transfer portal coming into the season, and I mean they've gotten pretty steady pitching. Um, do they have lights out? I mean, are, do, I I'm not sure if they have like an eight. I'm not sure if you follow them close enough to know that if they have like a a bona fide ace on their pitching staff, but their pitching staff has been pretty consistent, a uh, pretty really good in the Patriot League games for the most part. I know they got into a crazy 22-10 game against Holy Cross, uh, right? I mean, that was uh, they, they sometimes yeah, they I, I saw them. that score. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? But they can, they they are capable. They can out slug you and they can out pitch you, and. From what I heard, from what I've been told, their defense is actually pretty solid too. And a guy I want to highlight real quick and give him a lot of props for this season is Derek Bird, their catch, Berg, their catcher, right? He was their starting second baseman last year, and he moved behind the plate this year. He's their leadoff hitter. And he's certainly setting the table for the Black Knights this year. I think he's batting over 300, has shown some power. And just to make that transition, I'm not sure if Derek came in as a catcher and then was moved to the infield because they had somebody, um, you know, veteran back there. But, man, he's done – pr- and you look at, like we're saying, we're looking at the pitching staff and what they've done this year. You know, the catcher's a big big part of that. And um, to be your lead, the leadoff hitter, to be uh, – defensive captain so to speak um in the catcher and handle the pitching staff i think Derek berg has done a great job i kind of want to write a feature story on him i'm kind of itching to write a feature story on him or kevin uh, De the um man i guess i gotta get up to a game or something on the weekend and i can i like to do those things in person if possible you know um seth says he wants to cover some more baseball so i mean you know um I, I i was i was just on their schedule i hope they have some home games left at least on the weekend i don't know if they do now so um i have it right here um yeah they play lafayette coming up this weekend actually at home so maybe maybe get up to there so we uh like we said great weekend for army sports um you know the spring game is friday night um men's and women's lacrosse get the w um on saturday and then army completes a three-game sweep of navy and baseball on sunday um real quick brendan we haven't talked about army's new basketball coaching hire have we? i was gonna bring that up <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, we might as well on this podcast right we might as well cover everything uh kevin K- uh kuick is the new coach for army um he comes in from army as a he was a assistant at Butler last season. He's coached under a bunch of guys, right? Thad uh, Dad Mata, of course, he's coached under uh Bob McCaleb of Davidson. I'm missing a couple people that he's coached under. Uh but he also brings it the, the military side of it. He was uh he served 10 years in the military also. So I think it's a a pretty he's a name that I did hear of early in the interview process. I think they brought in – I think they were considering a bunch of coaches. Uh, names are all over the place um, that I heard. And um, all of a sudden, I think I heard another name <laughs> before uh, the Kevin Kewick hire. And, you know, I listened to uh, – we had Seth cover his introductory press conference. Um, we I heard him on the This weekend Army Football. And um, a guy who seems like he's going to bring a lot of energy to the program. And, you know, they're going to – be like, um, you know, pretty hard nosed team, pretty disciplined team. Um, I don't know if we're gonna see like the not the games in the '80s or '90s. We'll see. We'll see what his brand of basketball is. But any 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 thoughts on his hire? Uh,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, seems like seems like he's co- he's coached under a lot of uh really successful guys, and you know, at the end of the day, you just kind of hope that translates. Uh, to his ability uh to be a head coach here but um i I will say you know uh you know we're talking women's lacrosse michelle Tumalo, that's a mike buddy hire we're talking baseball chris trace that's a Mike buddy hire kevin kuick another mike buddy hire uh so uh the the track record is, is pretty good so far and um you know hopefully uh hopefully this is another um home run or uh three pointer, whatever, whatever metaphor.
0: The one the one downside of you know when you are changing coaches is they did lose their top two freshmen to the transfer portal. Yeah. So and um Ethan Roberts, uh I think last week he uh posted that he's committed to Drake. Um he's an Illinois kid, I believe. So that's kind of Midwest school and um, uh, Colton Benson, uh, committed to Texas state. So he's transferring to Texas state. Those are two, they, those guys started last year for them. And, uh, Ethan Roberts was a Patriot league rookie of the year. And I think Colton Benson led them in three point shooting, uh, last year, as far as three pointers made. I mean, they have some guys back that, you know, this Jalen Rucker's back, Charlie Peterson's back. Um, they have some guys back, um, I believe Chris Mann was a senior and he'll be graduating. But, I mean, I think they have a group of eight rising seniors, so to speak. Um, yeah. So now it's up to Kevin Kuick to bring in some guys that fit his um, playing style. And, you know, it's kind of tough when you take a job in what, you know, late March. And then you have your recruiting class. So, like, what's going to be this year's recruiting class for them? You know, you yeah, had they probably have some freshmen – that are um, at the prep school, but those guys were recruited by Jimmy Allen, the old coach. And so now it's a matter of, you know, meeting those guys and getting out there and recruiting. Uh, army has got, uh, you know, seniors in high school who have committed to the black Knights, to see if they can keep those commitments. Um, he kept Nick Thorson on the staff. Uh, Nick Thorson was an assistant coach for Army. He also was the coach, was a coach at the army prep school before he got the assistant job at um, West Point. So, I mean, he's a guy who knows the pro- the program and the academies pretty well. So, we'll see who Kevin adds to his staff. But, um, you know, just hearing him on the uh this week in army football, and uh, Jeff Munkin said he had a mutual friend who knew uh Kevin Kewick pretty well and spoke very highly of him. Um, we'll see what happens. So, something definitely to follow and see if they can uh who they can bring in. And it seems like they have the core now who they're going to retain, you know the players who they're going to retain. Those guys are going through workouts right now. I think he said getting up like a thousand shots a day when they can in the gym. And, you know, that's, what's going to, he's going to have to, the court time, the bonding time with the coach and his vision, Um, his goals to get them to the Patriot league championship game, which they've never done before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he certainly knows what's in front of him. Brad Stevens was another guy that um, he um, coached under at, at Butler, but it was, it was just before uh, it was just before they went to those back-to-back um, okay. final fours, which just as an aside, I, I think Butler going to back-to-back championship games is more impressive than any like one-off NCAA championship team in basketball. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take, but the fact that they got all the way back uh, for a second year in a row and you know,
0: they're not exactly a, a blue blood
1: program. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: I'm just I'm them throwing them that one th- in there. Yeah, um, Gordon Hayward Gordon Haywood was the main player on their their team, right? And um, it got them into the Big East, I think. You know, so it got them to play a bunch of basketball. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, uh, touch any other sport? Is there anything that we could talk about rugby or, or you know – rifle or anything tonight brendan can we do you have any uh do you have you have any nuggets on those sports you know off the top of your no
1: (laughs) no um, no i think i think we covered everything we needed to um but again it was it was it was a great weekend um this i I don't know i i think um i think this is something like as for football i was talking about before I, i think like the the Star Series is so arbitrary sometimes with what gets labeled a star game and what isn't. Um, you know, anytime Army beats Navy, I'm happy. I don't care if it's a star game or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was trying to do the math take. Because Navy put that star series and kept their domination. I think they won the Star Series 14 to 10 or something like that. And You know, I'm thinking, wait a second, you know, Army just won a star game in men's lacrosse. They just won a star game in women's lacrosse. They just won the baseball star. But apparently, you know, uh, you know, I guess the track and fields, it's every sport, I guess. Is there a star game in rugby? I'm not sure there is a star game in rugby. I'm not sure. So Um, don't know. Yeah. uh, But so, I mean, but those, like you said, every win over especially when you're when you're like an army sports fan right or follow the programs really closely and you can be like you said you can be at a game that you were at in women's lacrosse and to almost say that that was you know had for you you got the same feeling almost as if you were at an army navy football game to a point right i i don't know i don't know if i'm speaking out of turn here but you know that that's no just no i mean
1: world. that's that's totally i mean i was like I was walking out of Mikey Stadium on Saturday, like big smile on my face and tears of joy. So, you know, and, and, and I did have to sit for three hours in the freezing cold in Philly.
0: Today, podcast. podcast. Um, okay. I thought, okay, thanks for joining us today. On the YouTube channel, um, we have like I said, we have a ton of uh spring uh game videos, uh, press conferences. So much I need to still put up on photos and maybe write a couple more. Season. We'll see if we can get a, a podcast guest on pretty soon. As far as a former athlete working on a couple, hopefully, we can get that done. We've been ha- we've been, ha- been able to get a couple coaches on, which is really. Really nice to have Joe Everyonna and Michelle Tamo, the lacrosse coaches on, and getting some army assistant coaches on too. Um, Danny Verpale on, that was that was great to have Danny Verpale on. And um, we had also so, coach we also were also able to get it on too. Appreciate you guys and your support. You can check out our um Black Knight Nation uh website. WWE is a place where if you like our vision and what we're doing, it's a place where you can support us. Uh, it's it's a PayPal where you can support us and um so we can keep on uh providing you the coverage that you that Army Sports fans serve. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh check our socials out at one unplug the Instagram our Black Knight Nation there. I think I've loaded up 10 to 12 photos on there tonight uh, today I'm gonna load up more uh, or tomorrow, we have a ton of football photos to put up. Something I did not mention on the black night uh, on this for the Jason Garrett was in the house for the uh, Army Spring Football game. The great Cowboys head coach was, um, and the former Giants offensive coordinator, he was at the game. So he there's a. a sol- Celebrity spotted, I guess. A celebrity sighting at the uh, the Army football spring game. Have a photo fo- have photos of that. We'll have photos of that too up there. Thanks a lot, guys. Brendan, thanks a lot for joining us. Great talking Army Sports with you. Great hearing about your experience at the women's lacrosse game on Saturday. And we'll see you guys very soon. Beat him.